0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, I'm trying to play music, but it's not cooperating. There it is. Hello, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus Day Late, uh, and any other holidays I may have missed. Uh, This is an unplanned and completely uh, live show with two special guests, or my co-host, who's a special guest every time she's on, and then a a special guest from Greenville. So Robin, uh, how are you doing? Before we introduce our guest, how are you doing the day after Festivus?
2: I am, uh, I am doing well on this post-festivus Christmas Eve. It's uh, 10 a.m. my time, and in honor of kicking off the show, I am literally, as we speak, uh, shaking up, if you can hear it, a white
1: Russian. Uh, and I am having a, an eggnog with a splash of rum. So Excellent. It, yeah, so that's a good way to start Festivus. We'll talk about our grievance airings in a minute. Our guest is Paul Hebert, uh, great friend for a number of years. Paul, welcome to Drive Through and sort of an unplanned uh, break in our hiatus uh, to talk about Festivus. How are you doing?
0: You know, I'm I'm doing. I could say I'm doing 2020, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I'm doing okay, which is good. You know, I, there are people that can't say that, unfortunately, but I'm doing okay and. I, I did I posted on Facebook I think last night something about the idea that, that twenty twenty is draining my batteries quickly, my light's getting dimmer and dimmer. We need that vaccine quick. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. You know
1: you know that,
0: that it, was the play, right?
1: Yeah. I mean and that's that's really true. I mean, um that's one of the things that, you know, from a just from a business perspective, it's so hard on everyone. You know we can bemoan this and there's only a certain number of things we can do but everyone is kind of living in a ptsd and i don't know if it's p i don't it's not really post yet You're, we we sort of live in a traumatic syndrome environment yeah. at a low level all the time and it i you know i know it affects me i don't always feel as energetic i i get nervous if i'm out you know that so there's like a lot of stress beyond what we normally deal with right uh and I, I don't know. I mean, I, so I try to. I guess I, you know, when I feel that, I try to figure out some way to shake it up. Uh, Robin, do you? Are you? Do you have that same kind of of yeah, balloon you know, going over your head? Yeah, you know,
2: it's like this suspended, suspended state of anxiety all, yeah. all yeah. year long, between between uh, coronavirus and when are we going to come out of and handle that? Between that, between. Politics and elections and, you know, God knows what's going to happen still in the next 20, what are we at? 28 days. Um, Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm anxious every day all year long to one degree or another.
1: And yeah, and, and then that doesn't even take into things like, like, and we're going to talk about, I think each of us are going to talk a little bit about work in a minute, but like your, your, your job is going through some upheavals because of transitions in the organization and stuff. And Paul and I both change jobs, you know, so you've got, you've got that stuff and and everybody in the world, you know, uh, I was telling Paul about, you know, we talked to elder care on a show earlier this year, it's yeah. still out there for me. You know, there's like all this reason to be really gloomy and doomy, um, and yet, there are also some—at least, you know—in personal lives. I think each of us, you know, probably has a story about something that we're grateful for as well. So, I, I you know, I—I I, want to try to have some fun, but I think that the, you know, like first place is maybe talk a little bit seriously. So, so Paul, um, like, like you—we were talking in the pre-show. Like, you have a health history, so do I. Um, how, i mean, have you just been locked down like all year?
0: Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, first of all, starting from, you know, I've worked from home for 25 years. Um, So this whole, you know, work from home setup, I've been set up. I've had an office. It's got two monitors. It's got the microphone, the camera. I've been doing Zooms for years, you know, for at least two. And before that, WebExes and stuff. So, I mean, so my Monday morning routine is the same. Get up, hit the coffee pot, walk 50 feet, sit down. Um, not great for my, my health in general, because that's about the extent of my, my daily exercise. But um, yeah. So, I mean, I, from that perspective, working from home is a non-issue. We weren't huge. Let's go out every night of the week kind of people. Anyway, we had some friends we'd do out and have dinner with and we haven't done that. But I mean, I always, I had moved over and done pickup at Walmart grocery, which I'm still doing. So, there are little bits and pieces of our life that have been locked down but and and that is frustrating uh just because you can't make decisions in the same process you have to always consider well is that indoors is it going to be around a lot of people for a long mm-hmm. period of time? do I really want to do I need to do that so it just it amps up the you know the the questions that you have to ask yourself so you know I tell people I have covid guilt just because from that perspective I'm not running into a lot of uh roadblocks, a few speed bumps, but
1: no roadblocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you changed jobs, as did I. Um, exactly. I'll, I'll stick with you for a minute, Paul, and then we'll, we'll jump over to Robin. You changed jobs this year before all this hit, as did I. Um, yeah. I, don't, I Maybe you just answered my question, is, is, you know, but is like what like how has that gone? Ha, has it been a seamless transition or have you experienced yeah. you know, because you can't really meet your staff or your teammates except on, you know, virtually now, I guess. And maybe that was going to be the case anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I tell people, you know, two things never do uh, is uh, ask Paul for advice on the market or when to shop <laughs> um, because literally my first week at work was the last week in February and the, and we are headquartered in the empire state building in, in New York. So the next week was when they started shutting everything down. So, you know, it's kind of like I'm on the last plane out of New York. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, so, so literally my first day on the job is right before they shut the city down. Obviously the job is, or I shouldn't say, obviously the job is in sales. So, the, you know, I'm supposed to be out there knocking on doors and getting people to spend money Uh, And they're all saying, you know what, cash is king. We're not spending a dime until we know what's going to happen. Uncertainty, you know, uncertainty means you don't make decisions. So this idea that I was going to rock and roll in 2020 became, I'm barely waltzing, right? Because it's just the the businesses, the, the economy just went down. Now, the good news is the company I work for understands that. They're not putting outrageous expectations in there the world has closed down. So it's not like, you know, I'm not doing my job. It's just not having the impact that it could have if the world was, was running. So so I think there's a certain frustration and anxiety, like, like you were talking about Robin, right? This constant uh, chronic anxiety feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, all of that said, again, my life still hasn't been impacted too much. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that as a win um, You know, it's one of those things. If you're not getting kicked out of your house, it's a win. You know, and then mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be yeah. best for you to change jobs, but uh, especially one to go into a full time sales role. But on the other hand, it is what it is, and you, you know, the the dice were rolled. I, I don't, I, I would have made the same decision. I, I, yeah, I think I might have made the same decision even if I knew COVID was coming. Mm. So I have to rely on that. Mm Yeah,
1: yeah, Uh, Robin, yours is a little different, but how how has that work part and sort of the transition stuff that you guys are going through? How has that been impacted, if at all, by the by COVID and just yeah,
2: you know, we've we've been fortunate um, in that um, we haven't really had a, a major impact to the organization you know and we're small as well we're about 30 employees um and we as well work from home so the moving to the entire model of fully remote workforce again no, you know nothing changed day to day probably our biggest change is that um we we actually do less happy out zoom happy hours than we used to because it used to be fun and then it became, oh my God, it it it. I don't know. In my mind, it kind of like, oh, everybody's doing them now, and it feels forced, and you know, mm-hmm. exhausted from it. Even though we always did it anyway, year, you know, for years. But um, yeah, you know, we've um, obviously, you know, we're we're business to business, we're consultants, so we have we rely on, you know, what projects our clients or potential clients want to do. Mm-hmm. So we certainly saw a couple of things um, postponed um indefinitely um some some pieces of business that we were in uh bidding on that uh you know the client just kind of came back and said we're we're just putting the whole thing on on hold until probably 2021 and we're going to reevaluate timing so you know we've had that impact we did have some uh again some um some some gigs for some of our consultants that ended earlier than anticipated because of because of covid because we do a lot of recruiting so we have you know recruiters uh, contract recruiters and folks out working with clients and so that you know in springtime that 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 the cork went into that um, and so some things ended however in the last mm, three months that recruiting side of the business has picked up again because people are they've adjusted they've just said hey this is what we need we've got our workforce plan, model, ready for next year, and so we've seen, you know, very anecdotally, but we've seen hiring pick up just by virtue of the fact that we've, we've placed more recruiters on some, on some mm. contract
1: gigs. Yeah, when, when, um, when this all started, and like you, Paul, I was kind of like, I moved, I arrived in Florida, which I'd been wanting to get back to for a couple of years, I arrived here mid, I moved on Valentine's Day, and literally one month later on March 15th, they closed down the state. Uh, yep. pretty much. And so it's kind of like, I have, but I haven't even been to the beach and, and for a while you could not <laughs> even go to the beach you know, unless you lived there because they wouldn't let you perk. So it was like, this is not how I thought the year would turn out. And, and you know, in some ways it's different now because like last, a couple of weeks ago, I guess about a week and a half ago, I traveled uh, up to Ohio um, where my sister and dad live just for overnight. So I flew from Tampa to Detroit Metro or whatever that airport is called there now and then drove to Bowling Green, Ohio. So I was in three states like in that one day. And I was telling somebody else this online the other night in, in Florida. It's it's as if there is no COVID. People are out everywhere. Um, the bars are open. The restaurants are open. You know, gyms are open. Your CPC, It's packed. I get to Detroit Airport, which I've flown through since the new place, you know, back in the early 2000s. I've flown through there many times, and there are a couple restaurants. It sounds weird, but there are actually a couple restaurants in there I like to hit. I was going to grab lunch at one of them, and I went to where it's at, and the 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 restaurant sit- seating part was closed. They were serving carry out only, and, like, carry out in an airport, you know, I, I mean, you can do it, but it's not that fun, right? So, And then yeah. I found out later on, um, I went to Ohio, and they have some really weird uh, like, like in restaurants and bars, they can, they're open, but they have to stop bars in particular have to stop serving at 10 PM. And then that the guests can stay till 11 PM or they finish their drink, whichever happens first, I guess. So there's, you know, in three different States, there's, you know, three radically yep. different approaches. Right. And, and, you know, and here we are kind of in the middle of this worse surge. And I just, I think it kind of reflects back to lack, really a lack of a national sort of Plan, even though the CDC has tried, and then you know, all the pop politis- politicalization of this stuff, but it, I just don't know. I mean, it's, it's not, but anyway, I, I went sorry, I went off on a little tangent there, but it's like, <laughs> e- even, even though you're like trying to manage your own life, there are still other people out there that are kind of being not that smart and you know, I, it, I think we're prolonging our agony in a certain sense, I guess. Um, yeah. As far as work goes, you know, for me, it was unusual because I had reentered back with Publix where you normally go to the office every day. Well, our corporate headquarters shut down in early, early late, late March, early April, including hourly people who immediately started working from home and we were on like a, it wasn't like you were banned from the office, but you only should come in if you absolutely needed to do so. And and even today, we're still at like a 50% of crew in in the in the mm-hmm. corporate office. Um, and it was for us that was kind of a, a culture challenging thing because you know retail hourly employees, you know they're you know they tend to keep an eye on them in retail because of margins and work you know work employment laws and that kind of stuff but it's gone really well at, at least for accomplishing the basic missions uh, you know there's stuff clearly being left like like kind of like training stuff that's being left in the the dust but yeah. as far as keeping the company going it worked well and then of course then we had the, the benefit of being a, an essential employer so our sales boomed I mean we we're, we were a for that first month. And we're still up like 20%. I mean, 48 weeks of this year, I think we've set a record, you know, that we've had growth in all 48 weeks or something like that. Wow! So our, our organization benefited from it, which makes you feel vaguely guilty, but we also provide a service that everybody needs. And so, yeah, we need our, we need
2: our food and our public's bakery and all the good stuff. Beer. even though I don't have Publix in my state. Yeah, you know. When I'm when I'm there, I visit it. <laughs>
1: Do you have Rouses in in Baton Rouge? Is that yeah. the store? Yeah, yep. Did I say it right? I don't know. Rouse. I was just yeah, Rouses. Anyway, that's my, so, that's so my, I guess that's where we go. Well, yeah. Long winded to say that, like, yeah, it's 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 had a different impact on almost every individual in a different way, and also you know, companies and businesses, I guess what I, what concerns me a whole lot is um, the average hourly worker, you know, how they're coping. Cause like you and I, Paul, like you said, and Robin, we all have the luxury of being able to work from home before. So it wasn't a big yeah. switch, but for those folks that have kids, husbands, dogs, you know, and normally they go to the office or for those folks who can't go to an office, but have to go work in a store or a restaurant or whatever, I think it's a whole lot different equation and I think companies have been doing a lot of different things, but I don't know if we've done a great job. I wonder what you guys think. I don't mean public specifically. I guess I mean at 30,000 feet. I wonder what you guys yeah. think about that. Yeah.
0: I, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I've had, I had a couple of different calls where this, you know, the idea, of well, it's not that, you know, it came up. Well, it's not that bad. Right. It's, it's, I, I can get out. I'm not having any problem. And I think, unfortunately we, you know, we are, A function of the group we hang with most often and like you were just saying mike i mean the people i hang with typically are white collar they're still working they haven't been laid off yet um had a little bit enough money in the bank that they could subsidize you know whatever they're missing now but Mm -hmm. there's a huge huge number of people that don't live that reality and we don't even see it half the time because we're staying home now right so Mm -hmm. we're not seeing all the boarded up um, restaurants and stores. I was talking to a friend that lives in New York, not in the city, but he went into the city the other day, and he was saying, on the surface, it looks normal, but as you start to pay attention to the smaller picture, you see there's like five restaurants in a row that are closed and boarded up. There, um, yeah. there are people, but they're all of the they're not there's there's just a few more uh, homeless on the streets, or you know, a few more people that are looking for money and change. So as you start to focus a little bit more on some of the detail, you start to see the real impact because we are at the surface and we are in a group that doesn't see it as much. I'm, you know, again, I'm shocked that we didn't take a better approach to it months ago and that we didn't listen to science and that people still don't believe masks work. And, and again, I think I had a podcast with uh, Daniel Crosby one time And we were talking about uncertainty and certainty. And the problem is most humans want certainty. And I've been listening to people complaining about, well, masks won't stop this. And the answer is no, it won't. Not 100%. Masks and washing and distancing and a few other things will reduce the odds of you getting COVID. But what people are wanting to hear is this will stop at 100% of the time. So if it doesn't do that, why should I bother? Yeah. Because we don't do well with probabilities. You know, if if, if it's only a 90% chance I'll get it, I'll take the risk. But there's also a 10 or 90% chance I won't get it. You know, that's why people were saying, oh, it's only, you know, 98% of the people recover. Yeah, but 2% die. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's 3 million yeah. people or 6 million people potentially. And our brains just don't handle probabilities and big numbers really, really well. And we just didn't do a good job of, of internalizing this. We didn't do it when the AIDS epidemic came out. We're not doing it now. We didn't do it in 1918. We're just forgetting how badly our brains handle this stuff. So, yeah, I'm frustrated too, Michael. That's my word. Yeah
1: join the crowd.
2: <laughs> yeah i yeah i mean it's uh, the the deniers the COVID deniers um that i um have personally interacted with over the last several months um just have blown my mind um we've we, you know we've gone from um you know everything being shut down we we ramped up we kind of gradually reopened got to what we were calling in Louisiana phase 3 which meant um and our restaurants are still open but it but our phase 3 meant um that bars could be open at a very reduced capacity but bars could be open so we have this little neighborhood bar um and so when they reopened in i don't know when this was September October maybe I don't know um, so we went over there one night and, you know, all eight of us sitting, you know, <laughs> in this huge bar, but you know, a total of eight people. Um and there were a, a couple of folks that I, I didn't know, um sitting, you know, down the bar, but it's eight people, right? So you're having this group conversation. And um and and they were just they were just covid denying and oh i can't believe that the, the stuff was shut down and thank god this is open again and you know well i don't know anybody that's that's gotten it or died or so it gets back to that they can't conceptualize the numbers of it because it hasn't impacted their immediate little circle and they're still kind of hanging hanging on that and and i i you know as i am want to do chimed in and said well you know Uh, Back when it started, my daughter got COVID. Um, I had two former uh, coworkers, employees from previous organizations, who died in April in the first wave. I said, um, "People get it, and people have it around here." And I, you know, yeah, we're sitting here now in this kind of huge space, spread out, but it doesn't make it not real.
1: Yeah, And, and yeah, go sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, it just. I don't um and they can see you can see and the you know locally our hospitals you know the the part of it that people also don't stop and think about is the um the pre- the pressure on the healthcare system the pressure on the right, hospitals right, right. and the fact that if if people are not wearing masks and people are having we've had situations here where they were like Some high schools have like their graduation ceremonies with, you know, 300 people in May, Um, you know, and and so puts the pressure, the pressure on the hospitals and you see it because they're reporting it. And they've got Dr. So-and-so standing outside the Our Lady of the Lake talking about our ICU is full and people will sit and watch that news and say, he's lying. I don't believe him. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't get that.
1: Thousands of dead people voted in the election, but we can't show yeah. you any. There's it's secret yeah. or something. Um, and I know, verging dangerously close to politics. Yeah, um, yeah, Robin, your daughter um, had quite an issue with it. As I, I mean, I wasn't like stalking yeah. her, but I saw her Facebook a few times yeah. where she was like having some serious problems. And it sounds like she's gotten gotten through. Oh, I, that. I didn't. Yeah. Hear that. Robin, your daughter came down with it.
2: Yeah, so she had just. <laughs> She had moved, um, end of February, she moved from New Orleans back, um, to Milwaukee. So she moved and again, you know, <laughs> just as with you, Michael, right? She gets there and two weeks later, everything shuts down. So, you know, all her dreams of, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get go here and there and hang with my friends, you know, shut down. And then she, and she never went anywhere cause they were, nothing was open. She basically went to the grocery store and like to get her mail, um, but she caught, uh, you know, tested positive. Uh, end of April must have been somewhere in April. Um, got through it; they didn't have to keep her in the hospital or anything. Um, and then a month or two later, had what she thought was like the like reoccurring symptoms, and they had her come back into the hospital. Um, and they they didn't. She tested negative. Um, but they said, you know, it's probably these lingering symptoms and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know enough yet about it of what it's going to do to you long-term. So.
1: And I just found out yesterday that several members of my extended family in one household have it as well. So that's, an, mm-hmm. that was a Christmas gift. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I don't know what they were doing, but I mean, I, you know, I don't know if they stayed home or were out or whatever, but it's, it seems like it's getting colder. closer in almost a year so um so that's like the bad side we're more than halfway through the 45 minutes so that's kind of like the gloomy side i guess um so let's try to not end you know 2020 on completely downer note even though like i said i think to you paul january 1st 2021 is going to look an awful lot like december 31st 2020 because yeah, we have a new yeah. of right you know the reds kind of the reality although, you know, with the, with the vaccine, I guess there is some, you know, some long-term or, you know, shorter window of hope than we've seen for the, this year. So that, that's at least something to look forward to. So, um, I was going to say for myself, I guess, uh, I thought we'd go do a round of like, are there things we we've been grateful for besides, you know, all the stuff we just talked about. And for me, it, it has been, um, I think, you know, um, uh, not just related to the job, but I did, I did get back into a company that I love. Um, I got to move mm-hmm. back to a state that I love. I'm in my own place. You know, I'm, I'm healthy today, knock on wood, it, you know, and that, that, it didn't go, like I said earlier, it didn't go exactly as I envisioned, you know, with the beach romps and that kind of stuff, you know, or going to the Keys, but <laughs> um, I'm still close. Right. And if this stuff, you know, if the, if the vaccine works and we, you know, we con- continue to do, as Paul said, I feel like, and, and, and the other thing I got that I'm really grateful for this year that I haven't had for the last five years is my employer pays for my benefits, which saves me about $1,200 a month. So they're small. Well, it's not, that's not small, mm-hmm. but you know, the gratitudes may be small, but, um you know they it's it's it hasn't been a total shit show for me. So how about you Robin? What are you grateful for in this bad year?
2: Yeah, I um I I I I'm grateful to um yeah, work for a, a company that was able to um not only sustain but but grow, really quite frankly we grew some business during the year. Um but more importantly, we we did what we could, we cared um and and were able you know again we're small, but we were able to offer what we could to help sustain our employees and and our communities. We did some some things as a company in um in our respective communities, you know to help service workers mm-hmm. and things like that, so I'm grateful for for where I work um I think I've also um although I'm itching itching, and dying to get out and go being a huge crowd of people with like a loud thumping music and a and a bass machine and screaming and dancing, I miss that. But I'm kinda of thankful that I had to hunker down a little bit. Um it's made me appreciate um again what what I have and I'm thankful for it and um you know that we that we were able to do it and you uh, know, home is where the heart is I guess and it it better be after, you know, just being home all year long. So right. <laughs> I'm thankful for that.
1: Yeah, you guys had a boat too, which I, I was envious of yeah, every time I goodness. saw pictures on the water. I don't have a boat or access to one. So that would have been yeah. a nice although oh, yes. although just doing one thing every you know, every weekend, you know, that one thing yep. it's not fun yep. after you have to after you have to do it, right? So and yep. maybe not, it got it's not fun so, but it's it,
2: so thankful we have that. As our outlet Um, and especially initially when stuff was really, really locked down and um, that we were able to, you know, the waterways were open. So it was like, you know what, let's go. And we're two people on a boat and there's two people on that boat. And you, at least you're seeing people and waving to them and, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: how about you, Paul? You know, a couple of good things. I mean, I, I, uh, I have, Because of COVID and and whether I have been whether I've um, not been meeting people in person any less than I had in the past, I'm kind of one of those extroverted introverts, right? So, um, but I have decided about six months ago to be a little intentional about reaching out to people, just even electronically, people that I normally would maybe bump into at a conference or something, so that the, Mm -hmm. the serendipity of connection. Took place regardless, but now it doesn't because I'm not going to conferences, and neither are they. So yeah. I've done a little bit of, of that on LinkedIn and Facebook and stuff, just you know, to use the old the old term, poking people, pinging people to say, hey, how you doing? Checking in, especially if I know that they potentially had a history or a, a situation. Um, and I think I think the biggest thing was is it kind of it for my youngest sister said, you know. We, you know, do we want to do a weekly Zoom call? So we've started, Mm -hmm. I've got five brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. It's not a small call. I mean, it's six of us on there. And we have probably since March done one every Wednesday night for a minimum of an hour. And it's really been nice to kind of reconnect and and spend that time reminiscing and talking about mom and dad when they were alive and blah, blah, blah. You know, and, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you have that recipe? Do you have that um, you know, so it was, it's, it's been really um, just a, a lot more family connection and it feels really good. So that's probably the big one. And then, and then the, you know, I'm, uh, you count your blessings, right? We don't have COVID. We're not impacted too greatly. My son in, is in Denver and he still work, and he works for a pharmaceutical company. So he's, you know, he's still working. He's considered, you know, um, import, what do they call it, uh, that type of employee. Um, and then my daughter's still working. She actually moved home recently, got a new job. So you know, it's the world isn't coming crashing down. It's being dented around the edges for us, uh, but it hasn't been completely collapsed. So that to me, yeah. that's a that's a win
1: in 2020. It, you know, for me, you know, the, you're talking about connections, Paul, um, and I don't I don't know because I haven't like been intentionally doing this but it I, I have seen through whatever the algorithm of Facebook does um and and it's probably because i had a family event you know my mom passed away in july and um we held off on doing any kind of a ceremony for her for a couple months and then we my my dad really needed s- something Um, because he's at a stage of life where he's confused and doesn't always know what's going on. So my dad really needed something. So we did a, as best of a, of a sort of ceremony of celebration of life ceremony at my sister's house in Ohio, as you could given COVID, right? We had like, you know, spaced out chairs and only so many people in the house at a time. And most of us were wearing masks, but I got to see a number of family members uh, that live up in Ohio that are cousins, like on my mom's side of the family that I hadn't seen in like 40 years And and since that event, they now pop up in my Facebook stream all the time, Mm -hmm. as do family members from my dad's side of the family. And somehow, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if it's real, but I have this idea that somehow Facebook realized, you know, that we we, that I had these family members because we were talking to each other around the event. And now I see them a lot more and it's kind of built a closeness. Uh, or, uh, you know, certainly I, like I never bothered with them because didn't, they didn't talk to each other in 30 years and it wasn't like I was PO'd or anything. We just didn't connect. But it's built it's built a little bit of a renewal of those distant family connections for me, which I thought was was interesting and, and, and is mostly welcome, uh, except when they start on yeah. Trump or, or and then I'm like, shut up and I go. Away. <laughs> but, but yeah so it's, that's that's been kind of interesting from a social media perspective that that somehow they mm-hmm. figured that out. And that at least that's what I think happened. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um so we're doing a festive show. I guess we've I guess we grieved COVID. Um wanna wanna air any grievances about any other I mean there's a couple other things going on in the world. So is there is there a particular grievance you'd like to air, Paul?
0: Yeah, you know, not really. I, I know that's I mean that kinda kinda puts a uh, roadblock in the theme for today. <laughs> because yeah. I think we've talked about some of the grievances, right? And and again, we're at a point where I can't just be have a grievance without me being an idiot or without me right. being an asshole. Uh, because as soon as I have a grievance, it's going to set trigger you, and now you want to have an argument with with me about you know thirty thousand emails in the in the past, right? So we've mm-hmm. gotten to that point in the world where you can't even say I don't like something without you becoming without it becoming a social uh, mission and you becoming a pariah. So. I guess, you know, from uh, that would be my grievance. That's a perfect way to sum it up. My grievance is you can't have grievances anymore.
1: (laughs) That's very profound, actually. Very meta. I I know. Uh (laughs) And sadly, it's it's very true. Uh, And and without uh bourbon. So I'm doing it. Yeah. No, (laughs) I mean, that's like. Again on Facebook, like you could put out something that said like Tom Brady played a good football game yesterday, and somebody would come on and go, President Trump knows Tom Brady, and he's you know, and then it's all of a sudden you're you're in a political battle. You know, it's like I I was only talking about football, and that drives me crazy. (laughs) But it happens like every day. It seems like not not that specific factual example, but you know, stuff that has no 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 merit uh, related to what they're bringing into the conversation or no relationship relation to the conversation. And yet that's the way it turns and it, it, and all somebody has to do is light that match and there's a fire burning. It drives me crazy. So that's been my grievance all year, really. The biggest grievance I've had all year. So Robin.
2: Yeah. You know, kind of building off of both of those things. I think um, my biggest grievance is because because of the way people act and engage with each other on, you know, let's face it, the fake world of Facebook, but it's, you know, it's what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, It's caught, you know, the rifts already existed. Um, We've been building towards the the massive rift 2020 just, just surfaced all that stuff even more. I was Mm -hmm. for the longest time successful in just, I don't engage. I don't argue. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to change anybody's mind, um, but it got to the point where even I was like, you know what? I'm just for my own sanity, I am because um, I stayed on Facebook and I use it for work. Um, you know, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna give him a shout out a second, but um, I uh, it, it got me to the point where I not just snoozed people, I literally unfriended people um, mm-hmm. because I I, I couldn't. I I just and it's sad. It's sad. These were people that once upon a time, former coworkers or high school people or whatever who was like once upon a time, yay, I'm glad I'm glad we're connected. I can see pictures of their grandchildren, whatever. Um, my grievance is that 2020 pushed me to the point of um just disconnecting um from people, yeah, from yeah. my own sanity. So, um, and I and and so kind of the opposite of the grievance, which is a uh, hooray! What did 2022? I, you know, Paul Paul did his uh, his uh, exodus from the foolishness of <laughs> Facebook, and I loved that 2020 brought him back on. So we have Friday evening cocktail hour to look forward to every week right. with Paul <laughs> posting us questions. I love it.
1: Yeah, I've I, I've made that part of my Friday night as well. I'm like, Is Hebert yeah. on that? I wanna to talk to him. So yeah,
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah I, I used never, to think of,
1: <laughs> go ahead, I need oh, to figure ahead. out how
0: to monetize it. It's my retirement plan, right? Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> I used to think of Paul and Facebook like the annual migration of birds north and south. He'd come you know, he'd land <laughs> north for a couple of weeks and then he'd be like, It's getting cold here <laughs> and then he'd he'd disappear for a couple of months and be like, All right, he's back. Always miss when you're there. But yeah, yeah, I, uh, I had to do the same thing. I mean, I was, I I took the opposite tack that you did, Robin. I was posting a lot about Trump and about what a douchebag and yada, yada, yada. And just, I, I was really wearing my emotions up on my sleeves enough so that a guy at work that knows me pretty well said, are you doing okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm fine, you know? And he, then he's like, no, you're not. I've been reading your Facebook page. I'm, well, I do hate that guy. But anyway, yeah, so I, I, I had to consciously, I mean, I still follow this stuff, but I've made a conscious effort to really tone down my complaining in public because it does no yeah. good. It provokes, you know, but yeah, yeah. I, that I'm, the, I'm kind of the same way as you, Rob. And I, I've, I've hated that part of it, seeing where we've gone as a country and it's going to be around for a long time, which is, is sad. Yeah. Um, I don't think you know. I, I, I'm optimistic for Biden just because he'll he'll be a breath of fresh air to our side of the fence. But the, the people that that we just the 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 ways we just described ourselves, we're going to have whatever it is, 74 million of them flip over and feeling the same way for the the next four years or more. So right. that, that will be crazy. You know, crazy. I,
0: you know I, we we haven't done this yet. And this is something I tried to really, really work hard on is to take a step back and, and not be the person that's always on one side of the line. Like there were a few times when Trump had said some things and people went off the deep end about it. But if you really dug into what he was saying in the context and everything, the liberals and the left were taking it way out of context as well. And we're not, you know, we, we're not immune from that same, same disease, so to speak. So My thing is is I wish everybody would automatically take a step back, but social media has created the need to communicate in 240 characters, and you can't communicate anything of any value or complexity Uh in 240 characters, yet we keep trying, and it's killing Uh us because all we can communicate is the emotional impact of those words and not the intellectual and rational part. And long form has to come back somehow because we're not going to get through this. If we have to debate things in in tweets, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Period.
2: Well, there's also the, um, and this has been ramping up for years, but I think, I think we saw the explosion of it this year of the, not just saying something um, or, or putting a catchy tweet or a meme or Facebook post or whatever out there. There's just so much of the, look at me look at me look at me yep. for saying it peace yep um and it's the it's the micro celebrity almost right and i might be the micro celebrity within my circle or i'm trying to get something to go viral or whatever um so there's yep. there's a lot of that too
0: yeah, I mean it's it's we've we've lost the ability to get value from internal. Our nexus of value is external now and it's in mm-hmm. the social world and it shouldn't be. Our nexus of value has to be our education, our character, what we do for other people and we've just that's gone. I mean, what was mm-hmm. it? That kid that does that kid that does the, the toys, you know? He made 36 million dollars on his Instagram last year. Wow. Think about that. He does an Instagram where he tests out toys, and he made thirty-six million dollars. Wow. Our, our value system is upside down. It's upside down. Uh-huh. And teachers can't can't yeah, they have to buy their own crayons? Come on. Yeah. Anyway, now now you I'm gonna have to go start drinking early today. I think. It's almost <laughs> noon. <laughs> Sorry. So that's my grief. I, so let's end on a good note, Michael. Come on. Did we lose Mike? He's on, he, he's hanging by a rope somewhere. <laughs> we, <laughs> we 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 off him on the call here. He's probably he got he probably got disconnected or something. So it's just me and you. So I, what do, we, what if, do what do we want to do?
2: Man, you know. So on a good note, you know. um, I don't know. There is, there is, even though we already said, you know, January 1st is not going to look much different than December 31st. There's always just something magical about that date and the flipping of the calendar. And, um, you know, if I wasn't optimistic or positive, um, you know, we might as well hang it up now. So I'm just, 2021 is going to, is going to be a good year. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to get an administration in with a plan to roll out vaccines and take care of people who are vulnerable, and we're going to get um, midway through 2021, and I, I think we'll we'll be in a great place. That's, that's my optimism. That's my wish. That's my, it's not going to be tomorrow, but by summer, I, I say by summer.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up about the whole first of the year thing. Um, The guy that wrote uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, Douglas Adams, he had a great quote that I've used over the years. um, And is, is that people are drawn to boundary conditions, meaning we like it where the water meets the land, the beach. We like it where mountains meet the plains. And I was always saying, and I think we like temporal boundary conditions.